The following holiday special is not intended for younger listeners. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of Santa's Workshop or the podcaster's employers. And if you stick around, be sure to tune in to our intermission and listen to that perennial holiday classic, Girlfriend for Christmas. Now, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because Two Dudes, One Double Feature is going to start right now. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Cricket Crockett. Ah! <laughs> what are you doing here, sir? Well, I stopped, I'm actually... I stopped by and I found the nicest auth anybody's ever seen. <laughs> I never said you could live on my heart. What? Get out! Get out! Oh, I hope you get bad luck, you wimp. Hey, man. It's not like I'm going to go out to war and crash in a boat and die. Possibly. Uh, folks, just in case, this, I, I am not Cricket Crockett. This is not my real name. <laughs> no, it's it's Duncan Idaho. It's Duncan, I, well, occasionally Duncan <laughs> Idaho, dude to Joe. <laughs> yes, yes, dude to Joe. Uh, yes, welcome to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. And happy holidays. This is our first of two Christmas-themed episodes that we will be having for you guys we did this last year because it just made sense and we're gonna do it this year we got some exciting stuff and we even have something especially exciting happening for you guys um this this holiday season uh which you probably already know about because we talked about it as a special episode with our friends uh alex wykey and andrew gifford so hopefully you'll get excited for that because we're very excited yeah i'm i'm real excited you know i we we worked on the we edited the first half of that going to be a good time still working on the second half of that so and what's great about it is we get to have a week off but you'll you'll get three episodes in december yeah so it's a little it's a little treat it's a little special little little something something for you guys maybe you know what hell you'll like white key and gift more than us and it's like there you go thanks to the free <laughs> labor we exploited out, out out of them uh, like the primary antagonist of Cricket on the Hearth did to the poor family. <laughs> or regular misers. Regular misers <laughs> with, a cr- uh, uh, with, with, with a crow that we thought had one eye. <laughs> oh my god. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, okay, so before we get into any of our uh, actual movies today, we did something like, okay, I feel like there should be some like some backstory to how this even came about. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, spoiler alert: one of the uh, movies we're talking about today is a Rankin Bass production, and yeah, you know, we we planned this a while ago, and I know I own a lot of these on DVD or Blu-ray or a mixture of both or whatever and VHS. I knew that you didn't, and no, I don't. we like we've talked about it in the past before because like i mean i've seen some of them like i obviously i've seen rudolph and i've seen frosty and i've seen bits and pieces of of some of the other ones but i'm not like actively interested or involved in 
like a lot of these old Christmas. I know it's like a sort of a tradition for a lot of people, but I've never really like latched onto them necessarily the way others have. So, but I know you have. You're a big fan of a lot of these. Yeah, I do. I do like watching them quite a bit. It's just like it's not quite you know the holiday season if you don't watch Rudolph or Frosty mm. or Santa Claus is coming to town. But this one, this is uh, but th- this is where it gets interesting. So I sent Richard a five pack of the Rankin Bass specials. Yeah. Yes, he did. Like he he said to me, he's um he's like, listen, if you get something in the mail, uh, don't worry about it. It's 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 a little something something special. I'm paraphrasing, but that's something along the lines of what he yep. said. And <laughs> so I I get the mail and I, and I remember I'd ordered something already. So I but I have two packages sitting for me from Amazon. And I'm like, what what is this? So I pull out um, one of them and it's the like Joey said, it's the five holiday favorites from Rankin and Bass and it's got Rudolph I'm looking at it right now it's got Rudolph Frosty and Santa as a young lad on the front and of course here's the thing here's the fun thing about a lot of these like box sets so sometimes in situations you know studios will be like okay we want to try to release certain things for specific reasons and they're like okay well we need five slots for something so we need to put five movies in this box set so we can just release it for the holidays so it's like okay we got rudolph we got frosty we got santa um what else um i don't know little drummer boy it's another one of those ranking and bass stop motion movies maybe we can throw that on there okay um and then how do we round this out or how do we get that to that lucky how do we get that good five number well what else do you got well evidently it's this little movie that i've never heard of and I had no clue it existed until Joey sent this to me. <laughs> and it's called Cricket on the Hearth. And it's from 1967. And, oh boy, it's got a cast. Let me just tell you. It stars one of Joey's favorites from Planet of the Apes, uh, Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. As, the, as Cricket Crockett himself. Yes. Our central character. And it's also got someone named Danny Thomas I've never heard of. <laughs> also yeah yeah <laughs> no but you know what's even funnier about that this special didn't even air on its own it aired on his like show uh so what what like there's there was a show in the 60s called like the danny thomas show it, it was called let me just pull it up real quick it was on the 12th episode of the danny thomas hour so this isn't even like like a regular rankin and bass thing it's just like some random nonsense they threw on there <laughs> that was a part of someone else's shtick. Yeah, basically. Um, and he he's in here. Um, uh, notably, Han, Hans uh, Hans Conrad is here as as the antagonist. Um, in case that name sounds familiar, I know it should to Allison. Uh, he was Captain Hook in Peter Pan. Yes, and also for Disney fans, Paul Freeze, the ghost host. Also for you Rocky and Bullwinkle fans out there, I see you. I'm one of you. Uh, you can see people through this? Yeah. Yeah. Joey, that's creepy. It Stop is. it. It is. Listen, you don't know what they're doing. They could be like in the shower taking a poop listening to us right now, and you can see them. So, so I determined, stop it. That's how I determine who's naughty and nice, but anyway. <laughs> Joey, stop uh, it! Paul Freeze, ghost, <laughs> it's inappropriate. ghost host, uh, Boris Bandoff, um, he's also in this as a bunch of characters. And it really aggravated me. I felt like they revealed, at the end of that movie, they revealed the, all basically all the cast except Paul Freeze. Yeah, they kind of neglected him. Like, I know. Didn't they? I know he's like a like a voice actor. So sometimes, like back then, they didn't they didn't really care 
But like, mm. it's just kind of it was a little like off putting to me because like he he plays so many characters in this thing, and some. So it's it's sort of like it's sort of like an early days version of like how modern animated movies focus so much on casting celebrities, and just voice actors are left in the dust a little bit. <sighs> what we're trying to say is Chris it, Pratt as the ghost host. Anyway, oh no. <laughs> But, cr- but 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 cricket on the hearth. Okay, I never. Th- this was ba- this ap- apparently this is based on a Charles Dickens story, which is like, what do you think of Charles Dickens? What do you what do you think of Christmas Carol? Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, um. What do you do? Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. Tw- I feel like those were the big ones right there. Yeah. And did he? What else did he do? I can't. At least, at cricket on the hearth. Then you did cricket on the heart. There you go. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's one person out there listening to this going, "Well, you know, you see here, um, Charles Dickens is the author of so many great classic pieces of literature that you don't know." I apologize. I just really wanted to do that voice. <laughs> but but yeah, this 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 supposed Charles Dickens story that they decided to adapt cricket on the hearth. It's about this little cricket, Cricket Crockett, as played, voiced by Ronnie McDowell. Um, it, basically this dude, this toy maker is like, Hey, crickets are good luck. You want to stay, come inside oh. cricket? And the cricket's like, hell yeah, I'm going to come inside. And so he's living with the toy maker and his, 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 uh, his babe of a daughter named Bertha and, um, her fiance, who's like a soldier. And he, and she's like, don't go. I'm going to be alone and sad. And he's like, I have to go. I gotta go to war. And he's got his sword and everything, and he's ready to go already. He's wearing his uniform. Man, now I just want that to be like a Dudley Do-Right sketch. Oh, Nell! I am going off to war, Nell! Oh, Dudley! (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just picturing a Mountie instead of whatever he was. Oh, Nell! There is a cricket on the hearth! (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know he was there. He had a little couch. But listen, okay. First off, uh, the, as you said to me before we record, the first half of this is just garbage, just straight up. It's terrible. It's it's straight up dog shit. <laughs> it's terrible. It's the worst thing, dude. But but the second half is trippy, and some of the character designs, like on it's so psychedelic. Uh, outside of the outside of the main, the main humans are really bland. But like some of the other characters, like Jeremiah Bleak, like. Oh, I didn't even know what his name was till you said it. <laughs> he's this green dude who anna- who announces like the death of somebody as voice. He's voice with Paul Frees. He, he comes in, which is appropriate. Yes, it's so appropriate. It's the best character in the whole thing. It is like everything else. That was when it peaked, and then it just. But so the, the strange thing though is that it sort of got like more interesting later even though i feel like that's the best moment I'm thinking about the like the song that the girl uh, b- that bertha was singing and then there's like the bo- the boy and the girl and they're riding on like a ca- like a ca- like horses at first and they ride a pie at one point <laughs> but the best part is that they're just sitting with their legs extended out together like a like like an old toy or like the joints don't bend yes. but <laughs> but you can still move the leg up and down <laughs> like a lego the the soldier dude the the fiance or whatever dies at sea, supposedly. I just want you to know also, Joey and I knew the plot of this movie as we were going along. 
Like, we also had no clue what was happening half the time, but we knew the major, like, plot beats. We, we were we were able to guess some things that happened, and we had no <laughs> like, knowledge. I, I guessed that he was going to die, and you guessed he was actually not dead. Yes! It's so weird! <laughs> it's, it's, that's exactly it! Oh my god! So, like, he's dead, and then the, the, they have to go to the poorhouse because, you know, just bad luck, and then all, uh, because he's supposedly dead, Bertha's now blind, which you had no clue until after I was like, I think she's blind. <laughs> I just thought they were just lazy with the animation and she's just staring there like <laughs> just... these big brown eyes. Nope, blind. <laughs> Man. Somehow she's blind. And then um, they meet this toy maker or this toy like tycoon dude or whatever, this miser who gives them a job and like a place to stay. And they meet a homeless guy who turns out to be the fiance. But in between all of that, the miser dude has his crow, Uriah Kaw, try to murder the cricket. I don't remember why, but that's that he tries to do that. And at one point, I swear to you, this happens. At one point, he goes to uh, some like bar, like a like a great mouse detective bar. Where there's a bunch of dogs and different animals, like, smoking and drinking. A sexy cat shows up to sing a song. It's a great mouse detective. <laughs> and then uh, he, he uh, the, the crow or raven or whatever, uh, makes a deal with a monkey. And um, what was the other animal? I think it was, like, was a, a, monkey? Weir- a weird dog gr- dog thing. Gorill- it was, it, was, it, was it Strangler yeah. and Stink? It was Strangler and Slink. Slink, okay, there we go. It could have been Stink. Stink would have been funny, too. It actually would have been really fun. No, but then, but dude, then they get shot. They die! Like, they go to trade the cricket to some dude, and he just pulls out a pistol and straight up point blank murders him. I'll give you your And we never off. see him again. <laughs> it's like, this is a kid's TV special. Dude, this is a kid's Christmas TV all, special. All of the songs are so forgettable. I don't remember a single lyric other than Cricket on the heart. I remember that. And I remember whenever they sing a public domain song, Tis the... Like, like they sing like, pub, a bunch of a couple of public domain Christmas songs <laughs> here and there that everybody knows, you know, but... And it was 49 minutes, okay? Like, and this little Cricket goes on quite an adventure. He gets captured, all right? And then a whale saves him. But then, like, he finds out... <laughs> a swordfish fi- comes around? A swordfish helps him. An extremely detailed swordfish that we both thought at the same time <laughs> could have been out of Johnny, Johnny Quest. Quest! Yes! And then, and then, and then, this, this is where, where, where shit gets real, right? He meets a vampire ele- elephant. This, this elephant looks like a vampire because of its tusks are, like, downward. But also, also, they are spies, and they know the backstory... <laughs> Of the fiance who was supposedly missing. <laughs> and no, no, wait. Are you going to mention the the thing I think you're going to mention? Please tell me. Oh, uh, where they go? Where they, go where, where they leave? Yes, yes. So this whole time we're like, why is he in a disguise? And the cricket even asks, why is he in a disguise? And then you hear dong, dong. Like, oh, blimey, we got some bounce. Peace out, home dog. They're, they're union toys, man. They have very, uh, they stick to their hours, man. Their their work bell went off, and they're like, "No, nah, we're out. I'm sorry, I can't. We can't deal we got, with this." We got, listen, when we when, when we have to punch out, we got to really punch out, man. Just you got, we gotta go. I'm sorry, but and then like yeah. he, like the guy tries to explain it, but even now I still cannot tell you why he was in a disguise. 
oh my god it was and then, and then, no, and then some of the hair looked very strange like at least with him it made sense because it was a wig and but even it doesn't make oh, it better the dad though the dad was terrible oh my god it looked like he had a, a baseball mitt on his head yes <laughs> it looked like he had a baseball mitt on his head oh my god and then the worst part it's called cricket on the hearth you know how many times you see a hearth in this movie? Three times. Two of them are the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. You were so mad that we got the hearth so quickly at the beginning. And then, and then you're like, man, you're like 30 minutes in, 35 minutes in. You're like, man, where's that f- freaking hearth? <laughs> Where did the hearth go? I was expecting this to be a cricket on the hearth at no point. He's, he's at sea. He's riding a seahorse. There's colorful animals. Dude, dude, listen, listen. The other thing this has over uh, Pinocchio is that Cricket Crockett looks like a cricket. <laughs> yes, he really does look like a cricket. Like Jiminy Cricket, bless his little heart, is does not look like a cricket. I mean, yeah, it's this is this is a new holiday tradition for us, though. Like we are going to watch <laughs> this every year. I guarantee it. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, at this point, might have to watch it again this year. Uh, uh, just dude, like, December we need December eighteenth is the anniversary of this thing. We're gonna watch it December eighteenth. We should do a live stream two dudes event <laughs> where we're watching cricket on the heart. Like, oh my god, you guys, we're about to do it. We're watching it again. <laughs> it was like, so we're just sitting here going. So we just kind of get through this first half. That that. It really hits the fan. Let me tell you. Once the green guy shows up, that's when you know it's going to be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But uh, yeah, but th- that's what we were doing before we did. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally this. right before we recorded, we we you were just like, you know what? We have to watch this now. It's just Is it? yeah. we have to. It needs to be done. Um, but speaking of Rankin Bass, okay. Rankin Bass, it's sort of, I don't want to call them the Disney of Christmas-like specials, but they, they seem to make the, the the ones that have created the most impact, that get watched on TV all the time, right? I, yeah, I mean, even, even like, their influences and everything, like, if you think of other Christmas things or any, like, I think of, like... Uh, like, some of the opening credits for, like, Elf yes. is very influenced by Rankin and Bass. Yeah. The whole entire existence of Nightmare Before Christmas exists because of Rankin and Bass. So if you are a huge fan of that movie, that there you go. That explains that. Um, there's, I mean, there's so much influence in like Christmas media, really, because of Rankin and Bass for so many different reasons. Even like, you know, like I think of the one animated bit in Krampus, like sort of has like a like they're trying to evoke a stop motion feel. Yes. It's sort of a seminal thing, like, you know, every year, like we were talking about earlier, like every year um, on TV, you'll get like Charlie Brown and you'll get Rankin and Bass, basically. And it's been going on since like the 60s and 70s. Yeah, like Rudolph, um, Rudolph has been running on TV every year since 1964, I want to say. And in a couple years, it'll be 60 years, 60 years ago. And what, what's 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 really strange about that to me was when I was when I was born, some of these specials weren't were just barely twenty years old, and that includes Same. that includes the one we're talking about today. This is 
1970 stop motion <laughs> stop motion animated Santa Claus is coming to town. Which you know you know the song Santa Claus is coming to town. Or the the Bruce Springsteen version. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I thought that was a good rendition. It was. It was. On our on both our parts, yeah. we it was a good it was a good match. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it it worked for uh for our brand. But anyway, that that <laughs> that was for Ken because I I think he likes Bruce or occasionally. Oh, he's a he's a Bruce. He's a big Springsteen. Well, yeah, he's a big Springsteen that, guy. That was for him. But anyway, um, but so Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, Santa Claus. Okay, like christmas uh, we've discussed this with before like in some ways i don't even think sometimes like again i know it's a religious holiday and people not everybody celebrates it but to me christmas almost isn't a christian holiday at this point it's a consumer holiday it's it's has a weird history i feel like because like there's so many christmas traditions and like many different cultures and like if you go even further back from Christianity and like other religions, they have their own versions of Christmas and that sort of bled into how we interpret Christmas with the Christian sort of movement with like the Jesus and, you know, the, the manger and all that stuff, the birth of Jesus. So in modern times, obviously religion in that variety is very important to Christmas for many people. But yeah, like, these days, you can't help thinking about Christmas, and the first thing you go is, shoot, what do I get this person? Oh, God, do I have money for this? Black Friday oh, sales, Cyber Monday. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. People like like me working in customer service, Christmas is like the worst day of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I, I am not very excited to work. The, the when spider-man comes out because <laughs> i know i know it's gonna be a swarm of just bleh. yeah yeah but you know it's it's gonna be pretty pretty crazy but yeah i can i completely agree though but beyond that like you know we have we have santa claus okay which is such a mascot huge hugely universal like r- recognized like character you know i mean like even like Granted, you know, on the consumerism thing, when you think of Santa, you know what the first thing I think of is mm. Coca Cola. Yes, <laughs> it's like literally like Coca Cola, and there he is. It's either the polar bears or Santa. I was at a, um, I was at like an antique fair, and um, I couldn't get it that day. I couldn't get it, and I wish I did. There was a, somebody was selling a cardboard standee of like a Coca Cola Santa. That was clear. Oh really? Yeah, and I was like, man, that'd be such a cool decoration for the man cave. Just this, just this like six right. foot tall uh, card. It's just Santa, Santa Coke, Santa Coke, Santa, Santa with a Coke. Um, you know, but the, the big jolly guy in red. Now, you know, there's all sorts of interpretations of this character, and that's lead people to mm-hmm. ask, where's this dude come from? Now, obviously, people think about Saint Nick, you know, and and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But listen, listen. We're we're here to tell you about. We're going to talk about two iterations of Santa Claus tonight. The first of the or of the two iterations, the origin of Santa. Yes, uh, the first one being the Rankin Bass. Santa Claus is coming to town. Obviously, a famous song, really famous song. Probably one of my favorite like Christmas songs. I love hearing different um, different covers of it. Um, mm-hmm. I really like um, what's his face. Andrea Bocelli put out like a really cool Christmas album, and I like. He he has like a number of weird collaborations on that album. Like the Muppets are in Jingle Bells, 
at one point, <laughs> and like you know, these there's kids and uh, Santa Claus is coming to town, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I like it. And uh, this special, you know, I, I kind of say like Rudolph and Frosty are like the two that everybody knows, right? Like mm, they're the ones yeah. that for people think, okay, I got to watch these every year. Santa Claus is coming to town is just is underneath them, and people know it kind of, but it doesn't get the same kind of recognition. It doesn't get talked about as much. I know that was sort of my my exit my growing up with these things. It's like I watch we I definitely had seen Rudolph a bunch of times. You know, Frosty not as much, but I'd seen it. And Santa Claus is coming to town. I could. I can honestly tell you, I knew it existed, and I and the first thing I always thought of was, "Wow, Santa had red hair." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, huh? Um, but no, it never really passed my radar as far as like something I actively wanted to watch for for Christmas. I don't know why. It just never it never really landed on my plate. Yeah, I mean, again, like I love VHS, and I still have a lot of my my tape my christmas tapes and that's still one that i keep mm. um i never forget like the little um stop motion puppet of fred astaire's um fred astaire's like post off po- postal worker yeah um, character yeah. talking to the animals you see santa flying um in the background but it's one that i, I remember watching a lot as a kid and mm-hmm. um i don't know if i watched it more than frosty but i definitely watched it probably as much I just thought it was like, yeah, th- th- these are all like on the same level. But then years later, you're like, it's the the Rankin and Bass cinematic universe. Rankin Bass, <laughs> Rankin Bass cinematic universe. <laughs> um, so yeah, like as I said, like Fred Astaire is the voice of of our uh, postal worker. Um, off the top of my head, so I couldn't do it. Uh, special delivery, <laughs> SD Kluger. <laughs> Kluger. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come up that often in the spe- in the special, but he's he's like he he's the bookend. He's yeah, he's the frame sort of the framing device. Um, yeah, talking about Santa, and we get the origins of Santa, which some of it is honestly kind of wild. I have thought. Yes, no. See, this is why I was very excited. <laughs> this is why I was very excited. I get to bring up my nostalgia for this thing, which I will get to more of it later. But you get to bring your hot, your spicy hot takes because you don't have <laughs> that connection, and it's entertaining no. for me to hear. Okay, so here's, here's okay. I'm just gonna burst this out. Um, I think, for well, first off, like when you think of Santa Claus, right? Um, there's so many traditions. Like you know, he, he comes to your house through the chimney, lays presents down, eats your cookies, and when you go to the mall and you see him in his chair, you sit on his lap, you tell him, the kids sit on his lap and tell him what they want for Christmas, and. That and a few other things are explained in the special why that is a thing. And when you when you really think about it, when you really boil it down, it's some creepy shit. Wow, <laughs> like yes. this is some pedophile stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like like why like first off, first off, I mean it's obvious I think it's a I think at this point, you know, it's a common thing. A lot of people sort of go, why does he like B and E in everybody's houses to leave presents for children? And then he that he steals their food, <laughs> like what? Mm. So like I think that one's been discussed. But the lap thing that listen, there's a whole song in this special where he's singing about children sitting on his lap, and it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it, it it is definitely the worst song of the special, just for that reason. It so is. It so is because like every other movie, every other holiday movie that sort of is like Santa like something like that 
um, they always explain, I feel like, that the, the mall Santas, if you will, work for Santa or some, like, sort of other thing. And, I mean, that doesn't make it better, because now you just have all these random dudes working for Santa and having children sit on their laps, so that just makes it a little bit creepy. Like, but either way, the lap thing, can, can we just put a stool next to Santa's thing or something like that? Maybe maybe we need to fix something as far as the, the Christmas traditions. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, it's just, you just, like, what this special did for me is that it broke a lot of his, like, traditional things down and my first thought at the end of it all was this is actually like a villain movie isn't it (laughs) (laughs) this is this is this is joker for santa (laughs) joaquin phoenix as chris kringle um son of tingle kringle it's my favorite name in the whole thing (laughs) tingle kringle dingle Uh, uh, there's dingle you know my favorite thing is so like so you know santa is basically uh, Chris Kringle is adopted, basically. Yeah, right? yeah, he's adopted. He's, he basically, they leave. He he's at this house, and the, the Kringles find him. But it turns out the Kringles—they're great toy makers, right? They used to be toy makers to the king and all that, but now they don't have toys to give to anybody. So they just make toys and they toss them out of the house. <laughs> just set them there. And they're like, all right, well, what do we do now? Make more toys. All right. <laughs> This is like okay. it's like you're for, you make you make chairs and you just toss them out and nobody uses them. <laughs> it, it, it is it is so wild and he's just like oh we could figure out a way to go to town and, to, and give them to children and give them to the kids you know and then but like here's okay the villain in this because this this Burgermeister or Burgermeister Burger Meister Burger Meister Burger played by yes. again Paul Frees ghost host himself. Um, I, I thought this dude was the scariest villain as a kid, like with that with the the fake German accent, and he's just like he looks mm. so angry, and he he burns toys at one point, so you know he full on like Fahrenheit four five ones the toys. Yes, and all the he, yes. all the soldiers have like pit helmets, and they, they, they like like look look like straight out of like like a like the Kaiser or or whatever. It's it's kind of wild, and the town <laughs> it's a little Nazi esque, a little Nazi esque, um, but also a little like World War One German, you know, a little bit of those things mixed yeah. in. Um, and I was just like, oh man, my dog's barking again. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. She she likes being on the show. That's all good. Yeah, Burgermeister Meister Burger is you scared the crap out of me as a kid, and some of it, the, the stop motion animation, like I think the puppet designs are beautiful, and I'll get to that <laughs> later. But the, like mm. when he falls down the steps and he's like, ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like listen, I understand. We understand that this was made on like a budget and it's made for TV, so there's only so much you can do, but that doesn't make it not funny. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny um <laughs> can i also just say uh mickey rooney is santa and then it was funny at one point you go what do you think is worse mickey rooney and breakfast at tiffany's or mickey rooney and this and i'm like uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the same level for different reasons i'm just saying <laughs> oh my gosh yeah he, he he's in this and he he has a he makes a lot of uh, interesting friends along the way. He he makes friends with a school teacher who eventually becomes Santa uh, Mrs. Claus Jessica me. Jessica. Um, she Jessica. has she has a song and there's an animated sequence with that. But 
not much to be yeah. said about that. Uh, we have to talk about uh, a few ca- these two characters specifically, but first, the Winter Warlock. Um, the Winter Warlock, basically yes. the precursor to the Ice King in Adventure Time. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love his voice, I love his design, and I love his song. The song. Uh, I feel bad for him because no one. He, he's like, just call me Winter, just call me Winter, and no one does. No one does. But you know, no one does. You know, they say one foot in front of the other. The other. Soon you'll be walking across the floor. And it's a great, it's my favorite song in the whole special. And it's just fun. And you just see Santa like floating and walking. You just see forest animals just following them. And like, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. It's fun. I love it. I have, I'm like, I, I have a Christmas playlist on my phone and I can't find like an actual song version of that. So there's like a, like a high school band or some college band that's playing it. Like, like a big, like high school band, you know, marching band or whatever. And I'm like, that's how I get my, that's, you know, <laughs> that's how you get, listen, gotta, gotta go with what you can. Gotta right? go with what I can. But also this character we have to talk about, we're going to reference him, uh, this character by his credited name, and then we'll refer to him by what we deem his real as his real name, Topper. Uh, so the Penguin. Topper is Topper is technically what he's called, but as I mentioned before, Santa all it seems to suck when it comes to names. Yeah. and so um, he didn't even bother to ask the Penguin what his real name was. So at one point he goes, "I'm going to call you Topper," and it's like, "No, could you not hear what he said?" He clearly stated that his name is, in fact, his birth name is Steven. <laughs> <laughs> and you show him the his goddamn respect, Santa. <laughs> you, It's one thing to, like, not call Winter by what well, he wants to be called Winter. And yet you disrespect Steven by calling him Topper? What is that? I love um, Steven's voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally the whole time it's just going, <laughs> What should we do now? <laughs> okay. But it, it explains like why it goes down, goes down the chimney. Uh, you know, why, why stockings? And the and, and the best part every time they explain something, you hear you hear Fred Astaire go, uh, "So that is how this works," or "That's why that happened," yep. or like a kid go, "So that's how that works." But what's great about it is like because so many times in animated things, understandable, they have adults play kids sometimes, but it's nice to mm-hmm. hear kids play kids. Because I agree because there's like a like a even if they're not given the best performance, it's more of a genuine thing, like. Wow, mm. Santa Claus. Even if it sounds just like so, like whatever, it's just like a kid saying that. Mm. It's like you know, they probably are really in awe on some level. It's just like you know, it's a kid. It's it's a kid. It just it 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 brings it to life a little bit better, especially when you can get like like a really good. It's like yeah. It's like when we did uh, the talked about the peanuts um, with Charlie Brown. Mm. You know, when they had that like, that's that's I think it's such an underrated aspect of of that uh, of those specials. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, trying to think that this one, um, you know, this is some interesting things. It's some interesting <laughs> things. Uh, Tar, I, I, he, this dude is basically Tarzan of the North Pole. Like, he communicates <laughs> he does with learn. communicates yeah. with penguins. Uh, he flies. He uh, slides on his belly like a seal. I do remember that. 
Oh, and, and it, it does the origin story thing where, you know how everybody's like, I don't want to see a movie of them becoming, like, a character or ex-character. I want to see the movie mm-hmm. where they are just that character, right? I want to see the movie where they are Superman, not when they become Superman. This special, he doesn't become really like Santa, like the Santa that we know, until, like, the last, like, not even ten like, minutes. Like, like, literally, the moment he's actually Santa, like, the special's already over. <laughs> but it's funny because I have the individual Blu-ray cover of that, and the cover is literally the old Santa stop-motion puppet yeah. at the very yeah. end. That's the, I think, on if you go on Letterboxd, that's the poster as well. Oh, my God. Um, But, like, on this one, on the one that you gave me, uh, well, actually, uh, if you look up on the back, on the poster on the back, it's both the, the redhead version, like, the young version, and then, like, in the top corner is Santa. <laughs> that's insane. That's insane. So what this what this art is telling me is that um, Santa is actually a clone. Oh boy! So there's actually an evil Santa. Uh, you know he he does the prestige. You know <laughs> he he built the machine. Yeah, and David Bowie just knew the consequences of having multiple Santa Claus. <laughs> Listen, David Bowie, if he was still alive, David Bowie could have been a beautiful Stephen. He could have been a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like you get you get David Bowie just for the name recognition, but you don't even have him sing. You just have him go honk, 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 honk. He just instead of singing Space Oddity, he just goes, he just starts honking it, <laughs> honk, 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 um but uh you know i i think it's just um i think i I think the biggest thing with as we said the animation isn't always the best like there's areas where they obviously cut corners but i think the biggest strength with the rankin bass specials when they're at their best is just the character designs themselves like they're immediately recognizable and I think they're yeah. they're pretty iconic in their own way, you know. Like I think about. All, I mean, you'll all, always you'll always remember Rudolph. For you one. always remember Rudolph, but you have in that one even Yukon Cornelius Bumbles. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many great characters um, in that special. Um, mm-hmm. Hermie, uh, played by Hermie Paul Souls, may he rest in peace. But um, man, like there's just so many. And, and then in this one, I mean, um, Kluger, like the Fred Astaire character, I think is you know. A fairly memorable looking character, the Winter mm-hmm. Warlock. I mean, Steven. I mean, come on, Steven. Steven. Like you can't, you can't go wrong the, with Steven. The Burgermeister, and even the town looks really good. I think as like a set, like it. it and I like the details um, in the town. Like even like when they like you have a shot from Jessica's room, and you see mm. she has stuff in her room, and I'm like, wow, they actually went a little farther than some, like than they give, give them they, credit for sometimes. They probably felt like at some point they were like, okay. We're gonna we're gonna have to do certain things budgetary wise when we put this together, but at the very least we can still put some details and put little things here and there. So you, you respect that. I I do have my my hot takes and my feelings on this particular piece that we've talked about. Um, but I, there are things worth appreciating like that. Like, um, there is that aesthetic that like regardless of how I feel about it, I can't deny that like. When I watch it, I think of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think of like I, you get that Christmas feeling, and I think it's I think it is because it's it's influenced and it's you know 
seeped its DNA into so many other Christmas things to some degree or another that maybe are bigger or more important in our lives. And it's just, it's, it makes it that much more like important, even if it's not like the best thing in the world, like it's still relevant. It's, it's one of those movies that if I looked at the, like, I guess, uh, honestly, like this might be going too far, but like, you know how at the, the top of the criterion boxes, it says like significant or like important movies or whatever mm. it would, I would say it, it fits into that mold. Honestly, it's important. Um, it's definitely an important one. I think again, like I just think there's so many like design things that are just great. Um, I love <laughs> just another weird thing. I love Santa's castle at the very end. He does. He gets a castle. That's kind of fun. Like what? Yeah. Um, you know, and I I also just love the end rendition of Santa Claus is coming to town, like where he's just driving the the postal like truck around yeah. town and like. Uh, Stephen and Stephen and no bed up on. You know, it's just a little fun thing, and just like Fred Astaire singing that kind of makes me think of like Mrs. Potts singing like Beauty and the Beast. It's almost almost like yeah. more like a spoken word thing. Like there's a little bit of singing, obvious, obviously. Like, but it's not like a power like you know. <laughs> it's it's not a ballad. It's not a ballad. It's, you know, it's it's definitely it's yeah. Just, it's you talking. Better watch out. You bet, like it's you very, not very cool and smooth, and it's it's a lot of fun. But listen, listen, um, we're gonna take listen. we're gonna take a brief uh, brief intermission. When we come back, we're gonna talk about an Academy Award nominated story of Santa. Stay tuned. Oh. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature Holiday Episode Numero Uno. Um, also, uh, this is pretty crazy. This is episode 70. Yeah. 
Yeah. Remember remember we were talking about in the last episode? We were like, episode 30 is nuts. Now we're on episode 70. <laughs> I, I don't know how we um, uh, we did it. <laughs> we're here. Well, let's go forward, I guess. And so gonna <laughs> it, won't even, keep... it won't even be us going forward. <laughs> you know what, Richard? I got an idea. Since we did 70 episodes, here's what I propose, okay? For the 71st okay. episode, we deserve a break. Oh. So let's get our friends <laughs> let's get to Alex do Mikey an episode for free. And Andrew Gifford? <laughs> I think that's I think that's a sound idea. I think I think we should message them right now. Hold on, let's let me just write this real quick. Oh boy! And send. I'm sure that will get resounding approval. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be like, "Of course, we wanted to do this anyway." Of course, of course. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no episode seventy. It's pretty crazy. Um. So I'm glad I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still enjoying myself. Honestly, I was editing the the previous episode today, and uh, the converse listening to the conversations is still fun, which is which is nice. Um, but <laughs> let us let us get to the second film. Yes, um, our second film. Uh, this is this is uh this is a very different movie with a similar premise. So, um, this movie is the. 2019 as you said academy award nominated film uh netflix movie actually klaus this is the most i've used my netflix account in i can't remember how long <laughs> i can't i honestly do i can't even remember as i know i i feel like i had to have watched something because i had there's still a few shows that i watch on netflix periodically. Midnight, like, midnight mass Yes, that's what it was. Midnight Mass. Yeah, I was about to uh, say Mike, you watched that. <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike Flanagan is the only reason I keep is like I'm okay with Netflix still. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just waiting because um, Shout Factory got the rights to put BoJack out in Blu-ray. I I got seasons one and two. I'm waiting on the other seasons to come out, and I'm hoping against I'm get, hoping against hope that we get Dark Crystal on Blu-ray at some point. The the TV show that would be pretty cool actually. Which we talked about that in an episode. You should go check that out. It's, it's a, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, but Klaus, Klaus, you, I knew you and Allison were two very, very big, big supporters of this movie. Yes. So it was funny that because like when I first heard about it, I was like, wait, what? Because um, there's a there's a comic book called Klaus from Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. I think it's from Boom Studio Comics. And it's this really cool sort of like medieval fantasy somewhat superhero-esque like origin of santa claus uh where he's sort of this like buff like lumberjack guy and um it's actually a really cool beautifully drawn comic series that they initially wrote like the first story which is sort of like the origin of santa and then they did and then as every year it seems like they come back together and they write some new like story so it's almost like a christmas tradition that there's a new klaus comic book right um, and they've they've been starting to collect them, and I have two volumes of it of the three that are currently out. It's a very, um, very fun series. I highly recommend it. Um, and so I thought maybe it had something to do with that because it was just funny how there's these two things called Klaus that happen to be Santa origins, but it looked nothing like what this other thing was. So I was a bit like, wait, what? What was happening? Like, um, but then you know, I'd, I'd heard a little bit about it, and I heard a lot of people really into it, and I saw the animation style. And it just, 
it was so different because it seemed like a kind of a perfect marriage between um like sort of the the newer age computer generated animation but with a heavy heavy influence on the uh traditional animation it's it almost felt like that paper short remember that like the I, the pixar yeah. or was it was it pixar or was it dis disney you know, I don't, I don't know off the top of my but, head. But you know what I'm talking about, though. Yes, it, it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful short. It, it reminded me a little bit of that, and so that was sort of like the okay, like that was sort of the swear. It's like I think I want to check this out, and I watched it last year, like on on the fourth of December. I know because I posted on Letterbox my review that day. It, it made me cry. <laughs> like, like by the end of it, I was in tears um, because it's just it's just it's it, it just it hit me. It was, it worked. It did its magic. Um, but I knew, I knew I wanted you to watch it because I thought you would get into it just from that, the animation alone, I thought you would be into. And then like, as the story unfold, I would be curious how you would, if you would like that or not. So on that note, how'd you feel about it? This was pretty great. I was, um, I thoroughly, I knew I would enjoy it, but I didn't think I was going to enjoy it to the extent that I did. Hmm. You know, just again, like you said, the animation is gorgeous you have to you have to watch this movie and make sure your internet is good uh, or <laughs> yes. hope to god yeah. that this gets a blu-ray um at some point in our some, lives some sort of physical release i mean come on um, come on netflix you you teamed up you're teamed up with criterion you've been you've released some things physically we know you know how to do it you know and i i thought this was a very um a very unique take on santa but yeah. I, I think one of the things i i really like about it is that, you know, Santa is sort of an, you know, an influencing force, you know, the idea of Santa is there, but it's like you recognize that there are actual people behind the things that, you know, Santa supposedly does. Like, listen, this movie is a celebration of postal workers and teachers, and I am here for it. Hands up, hands up, okay. Get the praise, get the praise going for the postal workers and the teachers, the important people that deserve it. Really important, um, important group of people. Uh, be nice to your postal workers this holiday season, you know, as it was last year. It's going to be probably another rough year, I would imagine, you know, shipping. Shortages, place. pandemic stuff, just everything. Yeah. Yes. And just listen, anyone who's got to deal with you and your holiday shenanigans, just give them a little breathing room show some respect that's or all. go or, or shop early <laughs> and just shop get, early, get, get yeah. your stuff get your stuff done early we have uh our main character uh jesper jesper yes jesper um voiced by jason schwartzman of uh west west anderson i almost said west craven west, west anderson <laughs> <laughs> listen if 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 jason schwartzman was in a west craven movie i would be okay with that but no um he's definitely like he's of west anderson fame he was gideon g-man in scott pilgrim um he's he's been in a lot of things and he's our main character with this one and jesper is a postal worker well at least he he's does he works uh his father owns like the royal postal service or is like the baron or the the owner whatever ceo it's the family business he's trying to get his son into the family business his son is a rich snob (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rich privileged snob who is basically being forced quote unquote to um pursue something so he tries to make him a postal worker and he 
squanders everything. Like, all he wants to do is go back home and hang out with the butler and sleep in silk sheets and drink espressos and just be a spoiled brat. Um, but uh, if his instead, his father goes, you don't think I can see what you're doing? You think I'm that stupid? Well, guess what? You are now a postal. You're now a postman. You've you're good. Congratulations. And he's like, what? what? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you're a postman. And not only that, you're going to be a postman in arguably the worst place ever. And if you don't succeed or you quit or you do anything that is not what you should be doing, which is letter things, you will be cut off. No espressos, no silk sheets, no butler, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so so he, go, he goes up there and this is like, this town is insane. There's a battle bell. Smearinsburg, isn't that Smearinsburg? Smearinsburg. There's a battle bell. That sounds like a, like a bad '80s action movie. <laughs> it's like imagine if the Hatfields and the McCoys had their own town, and that's it. You know, this town is just like the kids don't go to school. It's honestly, it's again, it, it's it, 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 I think it shares a lot of DNA with Santa Claus is coming to town because you have the town that is just all gray. Nobody's mm. happy. The people who postman. run the, the postman, postman's important. The the people who run the town are miserable, miserable people. They're so miserable. Um, there's uh, I forget the family names, but there's there's the two families that uh, one sort of looks like all black, and the other one sort of looks like all red, basically. Basically, and there's a teacher. There's a teacher in both. You you know, yeah, in both in both yeah. of these things. Sorry to. But like that, it's um, it's kind of interesting to note that stuff. But this town is miserable. But you know, and he he's trying to get his letter letter quota up, right? But then, so he can leave. So he can leave, get out of there. Yeah. But he's like, I don't want to be here. But, but, he meets <laughs> one day. <laughs> he meets Commissioner Gordon. <gasps> he meets Gary Oldman. No, he, met Jeff- he meets he Jeffrey, met Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> I went back to the two thousands. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, Richard, what you don't know this is a posthumously recorded performance of Pat Hingle. May he rest in peace. Pat Hingle would have made a great Santa, though. He would have. Honest, yes. Yeah. But we got J.K. Simmons. As we got J.K. Simmons. Santa. Yes, he he plays Klaus. Is Klaus. his name? He's the title character. He is the title character. Obviously, we have all these like just just crazy, angry, feuding characters that all live in Smearinsburg. We get we I will say uh, we should mention the ferryman, play, voiced by the late great Norm Macdonald. May he rest in peace. Yes, um, he's very funny in the whole thing. Like he's like this really sarcastic uh, ferryman. Like the moment he meets Jesper, he's he like pulls his leg at all times even to the point where he convinces him to ring the battle bell and it causes the the riot that the, the revelation oh god this town is screwed up the orders the key to the city <laughs> uh no norm mcdonald is great in this one again may he rest in peace um so yeah jk simmons or he's known as the woodsman at first 
It's this mysterious fella. He's sort of, um, sorry, Joe, I have to make this reference, but he's sort of like the old guy in Home Alone. <laughs> you know, goes around with his, his shovel, or at least in this movie, his axe. And he's a little terrifying. He's very huge, sort of intimidating. Jesper, this sort of skinny little guy that he's like, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? And the first time he meets Klaus, the woodsman, he, uh, Jesper has this drawing that a little kid had. And in the drawing, it shows the, the kid is like sad. And um, Klaus sees it and he's like, huh. So he decides, all right, I have a package to deliver. And it's this um, wooden wind-up sort of like string uh, frog. And Jesper and Klaus give it to the kid. They deliver it to his house, trying to, but they're trying to sneak past the crazy dad, who's like the the head of the village in Van Helsing. He's that guy. Yeah. Um, but with like all the traps, and he's got two dogs. He's like vicious, and so they're trying to just get past that so they can deliver the package. Um, and the kid finds the gift, and the kid is immediately like enthralled. Like he's so happy that he has this this wind-up toy and you just see like the look on Klaus's face when he sees that and he's just like moved that he he was able to make someone happy after like cuz we we learn later on that he's he's had it pretty rough so it's it's a nice little moment for Klaus that he can you know that someone else is happy again so but it's all but it's also nice too because typically when you think about Santa he he just drops off the gifts then leaves mhm and it's just there, he's done. But it's a, but this is a nice aspect where he gets to he gets to see the looks on the, on the kid kids' faces that like the the joy that they have getting mm-hmm. getting these toys. He really does, and like even even without knowing anything about him in that first moment, you you feel it. Like you really feel it, and I think I think that's a testament to not only how well the movie's made, but in the animation, but just just how well the whole thing is i guess is what i'm trying to say it's just it, you really do feel it and this is still very early on in the movie um but once this happens obviously this kid is telling all the other kids now all these kids are starting to go to jesper's post office um to give him letters to give to klaus so they can potentially get toys and this literally this becomes jesper's way of like oh now I can make this this the the quota. He has a six thousand letter quota. I don't know if I mentioned that. He has a six thousand letter quota, and so now he's like, "This is this is the easy way. I'm going to be able to do this." Um, and through all these shenanigans of him just trying to meet this quota, a lot of Christmas traditions are invented, like um, even down to like why some kids might not get toys because there was a kid early in the movie that gave him shit and was like, "You know, you loser." And so he notices that kid. This is this is the part that Joey was like, <laughs> yeah, like 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 there like there's stuff that you're just like, come on, what in the last movie? I'm like this movie, like a lot of these traditions started because this Jason Schwartzman was a selfish asshole. <laughs> he just do, uses his power with like like let's like you know what like it's kind of in the other movie like Santa's like looking as naughty and nice list and he's just like oh they're all nice. And and Jason Schwartz was like, "No, you little piece of shit! You said something. Na- you, you like basically <laughs> just punishing this kid for calling him a loser." And I'm like, "Can we just have like a middle ground, Santa? Who's like, <laughs> dude, you can't keep this up, man. Or middle ground, middle of the road, like somebody to say, stop it, please." <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's okay. Nope. The movie is good. But I was just, I was uh, that that was a part that worried me because I'm like, oh god, 
you're asking you're asking me to like this guy at some point in the story which did it eventually happen it did it but i was i was worried for a hot second i'm like no i can i can understand that this is a big ask but they made it good good job good job they're able to do it um no but it's just every this movie this movie is so funny even just like the little like I, i think about the design of the chickens in this just the <laughs> side of the chickens like literally there's there, it is post office there's chickens just everywhere because they'd have nowhere else to put them i love where like it gets more letters like it's like a like a montage of like the, the chicken get, it's like it used to just sleep in one of like the mail <laughs> slots and it's just getting cramped by all these letters <laughs> i love um i love when he sees like the town people and they're doing like they're in the middle of the rivalry but it's all very like subtle like simple things like uh, when he's trying to go get letters, and obviously the towns and the town it hates each other, so they're not sending each other anything. Um, and so he <laughs> he sees this old woman come out, and he's like trying to get her to like, you know, get some mail. And all she does is she she takes some scum and throws it on her neighbor's like laundry, and then walks back inside. Or like um, the little kids that are like stabbing the snowman, like these like creepy little kids. Those the wim- the two women that are dragging a dead body. <laughs> like, like, periodically you just see him like going into a room and there's like Shh. <laughs> oh man or um just the uh the the two like heads of the families um voiced by joan cusack and will sasso who are like they have to team up at one point and it's just really funny i love it when, you, when like he says something idiotic and joan cusack is is like how did we ever, how did we never beat you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was good. I also, I think the other thing I really like, I mean, because I said, like, it's it shows, like, the people, like, behind, you know, the people the behind, the, the behind the myth, you know. And even, I, I love the moment where, like, the sleigh flies. Yeah, and the little kid's just going, oh, what? <laughs> And then he goes to then he goes to the post office like you will not know what I just saw like there there's magical it, it, it has a sense of magic to it but there's no like explicitly magical things no going on I I know like the snow but I feel like there's more of like a nature thing and the way they handle that those scenes like when like when Klaus is like you know thinking about his wife or whatever I think they handle those pretty well so it's not like a oh yeah like, no. nonsense like hey I see my wife there she is like, as a like ghost. no it's like it's kind of nice honestly because i feel like either if they have too much magic and they have to start explaining things or like something i don't know it's just something simple yeah about like whenever he sees like the snow moving in a certain direction or like there's obvi- like there's uh, there's a point where it's a really obvious moment where like the snow is circling around um jesper and that's when he's like okay i'll work with this guy um and you know he says it could be like the spirit of his wife doing all this um but it's just it's really simple but it's so effective and i think it just again less is more mm-hmm. sometimes and that and it just works really really well but on that note i mean like i said klaus has a bit of a has a bit of a backstory that it kind of breaks your heart when you learn about it because obviously when we first meet klaus he's like this recluse sort of hermit type that lives in like literally there's the there's the village in smearinsburg and then you go like well into the wooded area like past the mountain and that's where the that's where klaus lives the woodsman and he did that deliberately 
he he pushed him like you know he's isolated himself because at one point he had a wife and he was in love and he was happy and he, they wanted to start a family and they couldn't like and even during the process of them trying to make a family like Klaus would make toys and that's why he had so many toys to begin with because he he was just he had so many different toys so many different things and he got really good at it and he was hoping that one day when he had children, when he had a big family, he would be able to give all these toys to his kids and they would be happy. Um, but that didn't happen. And then on top of all that, his wife got sick. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. And so he was by himself and he had this this shack full of toys that he, that he couldn't give to anyone. It takes the... Um, it's funny, like, because when when we were watching it, you mentioned how that made you think of like the whole shtick from the first movie. Yes, with the toys just sort of sitting out. But now it's got pathos. <laughs> now it's got it's got more of a story purpose other than just being <laughs> wasteful. It's other than like we have nowhere to put this. Just throw it outside. Because listen, because listen, like Santa Claus is coming to town is a fifth is like a fifty minute like special. That's the fitting commercial breaks. It can't. <laughs> delve into santa's emotions he just has to be a creepy mickey rooney type who goes i want a good girl <laughs> let me sit on my lap little boy and like misnaming things you know man <laughs> his name is steven god damn it <laughs> but i also just like the like the i don't say elves but like the uh, the people the other people that like, help like like uh, I don't. I don't want to misrepresent like the culture, but like, is it like a Swedish maybe or maybe like Norwegian, like sort of Norway, maybe sort of vibe some, to some, it again. Something, something. Um, but yeah. I was also thinking about another. Um, what's that? Li- do we? What's the little girl's name? She doesn't. She's like, not... Well, they write. They write her name down at one point when they were trying to figure out. It's like, oh good. But yeah, so basically, there's this like little girl that constantly goes to visit uh, Jesper. Jesper, and. Let me see here. I, I I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at everything here. They don't really specify. I probably have to go on. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Here it is. Um, she's a Sami girl. Um, they're indigenous Filipino uh, speaking uh, people inhabiting the region of uh, Sap Sapmi Sapmi. It's uh, in like the northern parts of Norway. So Norway, Sweden. So it's okay. like kind of. In that ballpark, so I wasn't too yeah. far off. No, you were. Um, That's what's pretty neat. So I know things. Not really. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm an ignorant white boy. I need to learn more. Margu. I, I'm gonna. I, 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 sorry if I mispronounce it, but I think it's Margu. It made me think of uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which you were saying still, this, yeah. Still, probably my favorite Santa movie. Just I love uh, Edmund Gwen, and he's the only person to ever win an Oscar for playing Santa. That's a, there you go. That's a bonus. Um, but there's a there's a or you know there's a wonderful scene because Natalie Wood, little girl in the movie, she's a little girl in the movie, and she doubts that Santa's because she's a very practical kid. She's like, there's no way Santa's real, you know. <laughs> and he's a he's like a Macy's Santa, and there's a girl they bring from like the orphanage from Europe, and it, I I get it, it's hard for me to talk about this scene because it's I, I cry every time I watch it, but mm-hmm. like. It's like, oh, this little girl, she just wanted to see you. She can't speak English. You know, you don't, you don't, I know you don't speak anything. And he's able to speak her language. And they, they sing a song. And you're just like, yeah, cool. he is Santa. I don't care. <laughs> this, old, this nice old man. This, this, this is, is not a Santa. movie. This is real. 
This is documented. This is a documentary about that nice old man, which makes it even weirder when I saw Edmund Gwen get pushed off a building and Alfred Hitchcock's foreign correspondent. <laughs> what? Maybe he needed a day job. I, I just, I, I love the whole the whole thing. The design of everything is great. I love the reindeer. Um, the reindeer. I, Again, I, even I, I don't, how, how everything is explained, I think is really kind of ingenious a little bit. Yes. Like even, even like we were talking about the naughty list thing and like, how he just uses it to spite a kid that called him a loser is it's kind of funny. And then like when he when he like when the when the like music plays as he's walking back to the post office, like he's like, Yeah. <laughs> I ruined this kid's life. <laughs> and then but see, the funny thing was that moment was another like another thing, like another catalyst. Like apparently he's unwittingly like changing this town for the better so now like once he says be good and you'll get presents all these kids start shoveling uh shoveling the walkways and they start fixing things they start taking care of people and the kids from the other families are starting to hang out with each other and help each other and then that is influencing the parents of these kids to actually start hanging out with each other and doing nice things for each other and the only people that are actively still within the quote-unquote rivalry are the heads of the town and their immediate families. And so, like, uh, and even yeah. the school, the school, the teacher, uh, played by Rashida Jones, um, Alva, I believe her name was. I think so, yeah. Um, hold on, I have the Wikipedia again, I can just look at that. Uh, Alva, yes, I was right. Woo! Anyway, uh, <laughs> so even she like when we first meet her she's like down she's like distraught she's angry and she's just done and she uh ha she sells fish out of the schoolhouse <laughs> and so there's mackerel hanging everywhere and <laughs> oh my god that's like my one of my favorite like little transitions is where like on the on the line on the like the, the string you see like the fish as it moves on there's more and more like kids paper papers and like the pictures and, and stuff yeah. yeah so like like so basically through his like selfishness like like going there's some kids like we don't know how to write he's like go to go to school learn how to write then you can come back and get a letter get a, yep. give me a letter from for santa and um and then it's it kicks the school up and then the kids want to learn i think about the scene where the, the girl learns to write her name she goes that's my name yeah it's just such a that's a and that's all a the nice, kids are like i want to learn my name it's such a nice um it's such a nice moment mm. um man there's uh, um Ser sergio pablos is the director's name sergio pablos is the director we were looking at because I'll admit, like I don't know a lot about the like backstory of of the director or some of the stuff. So we were looking up a little bit of sort of the production stuff of this movie. So uh, Pablo um, Sergios, uh, who's from Madrid, Spain, um, he worked on apparently worked on a lot of some of the like later Renaissance Disney movies. So he like he worked on Hunchback, and he worked on Hercules and Tarzan. Um, so he was like, he's worked like, admittedly he's worked on a lot of films and he's had, he's worked on a lot of different things. He's never fully directed anything himself. And like before this, I think the biggest projects he's had was, I think he came up with the idea for Despicable Me, which obviously is a massive franchise, uh, for Universal. Like hell, um, how many minions did we see when we were in Universal Studios this year? <laughs> 
<laughs> like they're everywhere. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, it's huge. So basically, if we if you hate Despicable Me, it's Sergio Pablo's fault. That <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's a big thing. So like, props to him for like really coming up with that. So like, he did the story, and I think he was an executive producer on the first one. Um, and then he, I think he was involved with that movie Smallfoot, the one with LeBron James. Yes. And I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now, so hopefully, uh, just to get a little bit of insight, but he created those things, and then his first actual, like, real director's credit is this one movie. And I'm like, I want him to make more. Like, like again, just from the animation style alone, like, he brought back this sort of, like, quote-unquote traditional um, animation style that had sort of influences from, like, Disney Renaissance era stuff, but also had that sort of it, it maybe it wasn't like a cg created thing but like it was three-dimensional in a lot of respects so it felt like it to a certain degree maybe i'm gonna steal a term that d23 used to describe mickey minnie's runaway railway two and a half d all right okay uh, that's a, I, th- I, I, I that's that's appropriate i like that you know but yeah it's just it's such a beautiful looking movie it's, a, it's got a great story it's nominated for an oscar it's nominated for for an uh, is the first um, streaming animated movie to be nominated for an Oscar as well. So and it, I honestly wish it would have won, but sadly, Toy Story four came out the same year. So yeah, because I remember it was it won the British Academy. I think it won the BAFTA, award. and it won a bunch of Annies. I think, which are basically yeah. Oscars for animation anyway. So. Animated stuff, yeah. And then that that's that's really cool, but. Listen, this thing's on Netflix. It's like an hour and a half. Check it. Like, really, seriously, check it out. So you'll find a nice new holiday tradition. I cried like three times again. Like, just like last time. Like, I think the times that I definitely started tearing up. The The first one was when um, uh, the little girl got the sled. That, oh, yeah. that oh my God, that scene, dude. When, she, when like, they set the sled down and she's getting on it. She's riding it. She's having the most fun. She's... In like full Moana mode, basically, and then you see Jesper and Klaus just like the twinkle in their eyes a little bit. Like I think like that was like the real turning point I think for Jesper as a character, from being like sort of the selfish asshole character to sort of being like okay maybe there's more than just silk sheets and espressos and butlers and whatnot. Um, and another moment was probably, um, I think anything with Klaus. I think just immediately because like yeah. he's such a, I think it's one of my favorite interpretations of of Santa as a character because he's a person. You really get into like the humanity of uh, of Santa and of gift giving and all that stuff. And like I have I have no problem obviously with like like a Santa like a version of Santa Claus where like like Miracle of Thirty Four he's he's kind of like a mythological sort of thing maybe, but like like he's a person but like he's. He's still like he's sent. I guess what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He he. Well, you know, it's even debatable in that movie if he's Santa because people are just like this. Just this dude's just like an old man who claims he's Santa in that movie, right? Yeah. But like in that one, he's he's still wearing like the traditional like Santa outfit. Whereas like the closest like Klaus does in this, it's like it's red and white and it's got other colors on it, but it's not like you know, it's not like the Coca Cola Santa or anything. No, like, no, you no, know, anything like that. No, but like. I guess I just love that this movie like really makes him just a person. Yeah, and he, he's uh, a character. Oh, uh, and the part at the end when, um, like when Jasper's like, "So we don't really know what happened to Klaus," 
But for some reason, once a year at Christmas time, I get to see my friend. And when he says that, I'm done. I'm, I'm dead. I, I, I don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah. Yeah, that was that almost that, that that was getting to me at that part. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty great, but I think with both of these movies, I mean, it's clear that Santa's a major presence. Mm-hmm. Uh but also too just people are just intrigued by Santa. I mean, like whether it be the weird uh Rankin Baz <laughs> stop motion animation the super or villain. Klaus saying or Klaus <laughs> saying, "Listen, there's still a thing or two to say about the spirit of gift-giving and Santa Claus." Yeah. I mean, the, um, what what was his line? He said, "Like a selfless act um, breeds another." Is that what he says? Something like that. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing if I'm wrong, but it's something like that. And I think that's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good lesson. It's like you see it in the movie, you know, when the kids start doing nice things initially for presents, then it's just like now the community's significantly better, and instead of throwing pies in people's faces, they're making pies for each other. And, you know, trying to, you know, a sense of, it's, again, I think whenever a movie has a sense of community these days, I just get really, like, s- sad by it. And this is coming from someone who's, like, a recluse in, in his home all the time, like, away from people because they gross him out. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but it's 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 nice when, when you see stuff like that. So, no, I love Klaus. Honestly, when I watched it, I can, like, it's, it's going to be a tradition for me. And... So I so watching it again this year was it's now just continuing that it's it's set in stone now so I'll probably watch it again next year if Netflix is still in my family which for that point if if I don't have it at that point I'll just buy it so I can watch it unless Netflix le- releases it physically I'm just asking nicely but you know <laughs> folks. Uh, folks, what is your favorite interpretation of Saint Nick, Chris Kringle, Santa Claus, Tingle Kringle, Kringle Kringle, Tingle Kringle, uh, <laughs> Stephen the Penguin, Stephen the Penguin, um, um, the, the little Swedish girl, little beautiful, little, little, little lovable <laughs> girl, girl from from Klaus, <laughs> Winter War, uh, Winter Warlock, Winter Warlock, um, Joan Cusack, <laughs> Joan Cusack, everybody's fa- everybody's favorites, um, you know, let let us know, and you'll hear from us in two weeks and we do, we'll, we're going to do another holiday episode but in between is going to be the the special Wiki and Gifford Spider-Man episode Woo! that's a Christmas present for us <laughs> that's a Christmas present for everybody <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving it's a selfish our, act our, this, another. <laughs> uh, this honestly it's my selfish act in this case <laughs> because I, did, I don't feel like recording but I'm grateful that Gifford and Wiki do Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. Mwah. Kisses to you. All right, uh, folks. We're going to hop in our sleigh and go up, up, and away. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Sorry. I tried to. <laughs> I failed. It's, you know, it's okay. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. We love you so much. And, of course, a hint to next week's, that's right, next week's Double Feature, 
two amazing dudes will be taking over the show talking about a certain wall crawler. Stay tuned for that. You guys are going to love it. Yes!